we have uh, spent several weeks talking about the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5, and there are nine fruits, and we've commented how we've seen them blend together over the weeks so that love, joy, peace seem quite distinct, but then some of the other qualities or fruits that are described there um, seem to be continuous rather than discreet. Um, if, if any of you grew up Catholic, you may have learned that there are 12 fruits of the Spirit. And based on some of the writings of early fathers, there are three more added. But they also just give you facets of the whole truth. So uh, today I want to remind you that when you put all of the uh, fruit of the Spirit together that are listed in this passage, they, uh, they, they make a fruit salad. And, and, and the fruit salad is Christian character. Now, I don't know if you have good memories. There are some pretty bland fruit salads that my mom used to buy. I'm not advocating that. Um, but there are some really wonderful, delicious fruit salads. When all the flavors are balanced and blend together, you have Christian character. Some fruit salads that don't really make it are boring, but when Christian character comes together, there's a, there's a zing, and it doesn't happen overnight. Those of you who have been believers for years have been building, or the spirit inside of you has been building Christian character. And a lot of times we don't, we don't realize how much is in there until we hit a crisis. And oftentimes the crisis blindsides us and it can knock us over, but for some reason we're knocked up, not knocked over. For some reason we're still standing. That's because of the Christian character. Of all the qualities that are mentioned, here as fruits of the Spirit, one notable quality is missing, and that's faith. Never mentioned faith. And that led me to transition from the <clears throat> Fruit of the Spirit series that we've been on to our focus on Lent in preparation for the crucifixion, Good Friday, and all that Jesus did. And I, 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 as I thought of that, that sounds kind of abrupt. Then I realized the logic of it. Because what is faith? Faith, I'm going to define as Christian character in action. That Christian character in the fruit salad that is you, that, that, that Christian character is not tested until the moment. And in that moment... It might be a moment of challenge and opportunity, but it might be a, a, a negative moment, challenge of the loss of a loved one or of a divorce or something else that really tests your mettle. And in that moment, the Christian character that is in you is transformed into faith, and the faith makes a difference. Now, <clears throat> I, want you, I want to introduce you to this book. This is called a Bible 
and there are some in the pew racks ahead of you. I'm going to ask you to take one because once you open it to our passage today, you won't have to flip around. You just keep your finger in the same page. And we're going to the book of Hebrews. And of course, the book of Hebrews is in the Old Testament, right? Because Hebrews. No, the book of Hebrews is in the New Testament. So it's toward the end of your Bible, and the pages are numbered. In the Old Testament, they're numbered, and they start over. the numbers start over again in the New Testament, in this edition of the Bible. So on page 225 in the New Testament, right? Oh, well, just page 225. Yes, chapter 11. Oh, see, you're using your phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In your memory. Yeah, chapter 11. So this is, this is a great... The chapter 11 and 12 are full of powerful, uh, uh, momentous ideas in the book of Hebrews. Now... The earlier part of the book of Hebrews is so um, full of references to uh, uh, Jewish life that we, we don't relate to, the temple sacrifices and so forth, that people find it hard to go through those. But once you get to chapter 11, something happens because um, the author starts talking about faith. And we're going to begin with uh, chapter 11, the first three verses. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Think of those definitions of faith. Things that are hoped for are things we don't have. But faith is the substance of the things we don't yet have. Another way of looking at, at this is that there are things that we can't see. But faith brings us the conviction, and it's a real conviction or evidence, so that there is substance to our faith in action. Uh, and the example that uh, Paul gives is really interesting because his example is from creation. Let me read in verse 2. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. That's the illustration he gives of faith. This created world that is really substantial, we can touch it and feel it and smell it and so forth, was created out of nothing. And that's what faith is like when we face the issues before us in life. You can't just define how you're going to act in that moment because the, the act itself is a creative act that God does through faith in your life that comes out of your Christian character. 
How does faith become so solid, so real, so substantial? By demonstrating our Christian character, the, the fruit salad, and making that Christian character a real thing in life. So that our Christian character results in actions. So th those of you who have really spent years internalizing the teachings of the church and of the New Testament and of Jesus, the, they've become part of you. And maybe you look like other people and maybe until that moment of crisis you act like other people. But when the crisis comes and faith is in action, you act differently. And here are the biblical examples. And I'm going to skip through some of these, but look, verse 4. By faith, Abel, the son of Adam and Eve, the second son, whose brother uh, took his life. But he's presented as a, 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 a hero of faith, if you will. By faith, Abel, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain's and therefore was approved. In verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken. Well, Enoch is a story of a man who was so close to God that um, when he left, he didn't go through the door of death, but just entered into God's presence. Uh, by faith, Noah, verse 7, uh, warned of the flood and the whole story of Noah's ark. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called, and here he was uh, with uh, no experience of relating to this God, and this God is personally calling Abraham. And so the author of Hebrews, and we're not sure who wrote Hebrews, but the author of Hebrews says, uh, speaks of Abraham in several contexts. In verse 9, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to a place that he knew nothing about. By faith, in verse 9, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised. Verse 11, by faith, with Sarah's involvement, he received power of procreation. So there was the miraculous promise of birth in their old age, and uh, that child came because of their faith. Both Abraham and Sarah are mentioned. And, and then in verse 13, he kind of summarizes, pauses, all of these died in faith without having to receive the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. Therefore, God is not ashamed, in verse 16, to be called their God, indeed he has prepared a city for them. So you'll see that the story of faith is not the story of one person. It's not all seen in the life of Abel or Abraham, but you see faith expressed throughout the history of believers in different ways. And nobody had the same experience as Abraham, and nobody has the same experience as you. So your faith in the line of faith is going to be a unique part of this story. Let's go on to 
verse 17. We're still talking about Abraham. When put to the test, he offered up Isaac. Many of us know that story of his willingness to sacrifice his son. Wow, that's a harsh kind of faith. Verse 20, by faith Isaac, when he grew up, invoked the blessings for the future of Jacob and Esau, his twin sons. And verse 21, by faith Jacob, when he lay dying, blessed each of his sons. He didn't know what their future would be, but by faith he blessed them and knew they would have a heritage by God's grace. By faith, verse 22, Joseph, who was enslaved, went to Egypt and, and became an administrator and was used by God a unique way. So that faith was seen in a different way in Joseph's life than in Jacob's life or Esau or, or Abraham. Verse 23, by faith, Moses was hidden by his parents for three months. Well, <clears throat> Moses wasn't the one who had faith, but the faith of the parents, and particularly his mother. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter. So Joseph, that same faith that came out in his mother when she saved his life, I don't mean Joseph, Moses, he expressed that faith in his own context. It's all the, the fruit of the spirit, the character that was built through a life of connecting with God came out in the moment of, of their special challenge. Verse 27, by faith we're still on Moses. He left Egypt and so forth. By faith he kept the Passover, verse 28. Verse 29, by faith the people passed through the Red Sea. So it's a whole people of Israel here who are expressing faith in that act. Verse 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. Well, who had faith there? Not the walls. <laughs> the, the people, again, uh, in expressing their faith by walking around the walls. Okay, That was their moment, and they responded to it. By faith, Rahab, oh, thank you, Rahab, for being there. Sarah almost made it to the list of men, but Rahab definitely is, and she's a prostitute. By faith, Rahab did not perish with those who were obedient because she had received the spies in peace. Her moment came in a simply protecting some people who needed her help. But then comes the summary. All different expressions of faith, verse 32. And what more should I say, for time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who, through faith, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and caves and holes of the ground. These are victories of faith. 
Man, faith has to deal with it. If you said, if I put this before you and said, here is what you've got to look forward to and put that list there, you would, you would definitely not buy in. But faith surprises us. And what comes to us is never what we expected. The negative as well as the positive opportunities. Yet all these, verse 39, all these, though they were commended by their faith, did not receive what was promised. Listen to this. Since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. That is, they would not, apart from us, complete their faith journey. So you are in the process of adding a leg in the relay race, in the faith relay race, which goes back to the time of Adam and Eve and Abraham and Moses and all through the many people who have gone through all of these experiences what that's just kind of mind-blowing isn't it by faith so okay now we're turning from our fruit salad which has the flavor of faith in action and we're turning toward the period before us of lent Focus on Jesus' death and resurrection. How, how can our faith rise to the occasion? And, and he's going to tell us. Now look at chapter 12. That comes right after chapter 11. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now remember I talked about running your lap in the relay race. Well, all the people who ran laps before you are up in the amphitheater. They're watching you run your race. And they're cheering for you. That's who the witnesses are. The cloud of witnesses are the people he just listed who by faith face their challenge. So, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also... Lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. So I can't interview um, a, an Olympic star, but a recent discovery I made tells me that Brenda Curl was a runner in her high school years and actually won, I don't know, championship league. Did you do any relays? Yeah, so, okay. So, you know, you can interview her afterwards. But when you're in a relay race, man, I think first you're really, really nervous about passing the baton because if you drop that, it's over. But the other thing is, if you have three people who have gone before you who have really put you in the running, you may be ahead, you may be near, but maybe you're far behind. 
but their career, their reputation is tied up with what you do, right? You're running for everybody. And, and you, all of these people are in the, uh, in the amphitheater looking at us. And who are we looking at? Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. No, no, no. If you did that, you'd go nowhere. You've got to be looking there. So here's what happens, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. He endured the cross to run that most important lap in the race. And everything's different since then because he set a record. It was kind of an unbeatable record. But we are looking unto him. We're, 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 we have a cloud of witnesses looking to us, but we're looking to Jesus. And what do we see? Well, chapter 12, verse 3. Consider him. Think about him. That's what we do in this season of the year particularly. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you may not grow weary in your souls or lose heart in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. <laughs> we really have it hard until we think about how hard it could be. But when we consider Jesus, and we do it this time of year especially, but we also do it dramatically every month when we celebrate communion, partake of the symbols of his body and blood, that we are considering what he went through and how he was able to suffer the indignity and let the crown of thorns be put on his head and be whipped on the way to the cross, even stumble and fall, and then to go through the awful suffering of the cross itself, as demonstrated by the words he spoke from the cross. Feeling forsaken by his father, he went through all of that in order to get to the end, to finish that lap of the race, and to have the joy that is set before him. Consider him, looking unto Jesus, consider him. And therefore, verse 12, lift your drooping hands. Oh, I got drooping hands. Strengthen your weak knees. Well, let me tell you about that. <laughs> Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. So if you've got drooping hands and weak knees and different things put out of joint, you're ready to have faith, okay? You're ready for the challenge 
that God has put before you. Again, it could be something positive, quite often it's something negative, and he's prepared us for this here. But when you look to Jesus, when you consider him, you find the meaning of it all. Christian character, built up into that fruit salad, prepares you to have just the right flavor when you face the big challenges in your life. In your moment, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, as you're coming to the end of your lap in life and you're facing that ultimate challenge of death itself, will you look unto Jesus? Will you consider him? Don't look at the crowds. Don't look at your own feet and wonder whether you've got enough left. But look to Jesus. Consider him. Let's pray. Our Father, we are humbled by all of this, by the great examples we have throughout the scripture. And we thank you for the faith expressed in all sorts of circumstances which are an example to us. And then how humbling it is to think that their race is incomplete without our lap being run. And help us, Lord, to see that we are part of this journey and that you're not going to forsake us. And there will be faith enough when the moment comes. Thank you, Lord, for the promise. Help us to consider Jesus these next few weeks as we never have before. In his name we pray.